Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 89 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. You can find all of our past shows on our website at www.pingskills.com, and then click on the blog link. And while you're there, make sure to sign up for our free newsletter for lots of great table tennis tips. For this show, we take a selection of questions from our Ask the Coach section of our website to answer. We also answer questions from live viewers. You can ask a question directly by going to plus.google.com slash plusthingskills, finding the current show, and then click on the Q&A button. Today, we're discussing the reverse backhand serve, using foam to clean your rubbers, how to deal with a sharp push, and how much spin you can get with short pimples. As always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Good morning, Jeff. And uh, yeah, um, I was up a little bit earlier this morning um, watching a bit of Waldner. Watching a bit of Waldner, that's exciting. Uh, so, what's going on with Waldner? Well, the. Um, they're playing the ITTF uh, Legends Tour matches, and um, so they're up to the semi-finals now. I, I just sort of watched bits and pieces of it, but um, so Waldner played Jiang Jialiang in the quarterfinal. Now that brings back some pretty special memories for me of uh, watching those two guys in 1987 in New Delhi <laughs> face off in the final of the World Championships, where uh, Jiang uh, narrowly beat Waldy. And uh, I tell you, it doesn't quite look the same today. <laughs> a little bit different. I remember seeing some of that on that match in '87 on video. And the one thing that I remember is after Zhang Jialang won a point, he walked around Waldner's side of the table going like this. I'd never seen that before. It was just quite amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was pretty, pretty pumped. And yes, I remember that clearly. Just yeah, walking around the. Waldy side and just you know giving him the fist pumps, um, yeah. But uh, but the match this morning's um, yeah. I mean, Jiang plays with short pimples and basically smashes every ball. So I mean, the accuracy that you need for that um, is amazing, and it just shows how much those guys are practicing at the time. You know, it doesn't take much to just lose a little bit of that feel. And especially when you're playing with short pimples and trying to smash every ball, um, it becomes really di uh, difficult. The other thing that um, Jang was always um, good at was moving, and uh, now you see that he's got you know both knees um, got uh, supporting bandages on them. And every time Waldy went out wide to um, to Jiang's forehand, it was just like it was such a struggle for the poor guy to get out there. So Jiang. Um, 51 this year, Waldy 50 this year, so uh, I mean ama amazing uh, abilities um, at that age and it just shows, you know, I mean these guys put in so many hours when they were young that, that those skills just hold up um, throughout their life. Wow, okay. So, um, so Waldner ended up winning uh, easy, did he? Because of um, Zhang's movement not quite as good, and and I guess yeah. the accuracy you would need with those short pimples. 
Yeah, second game was definitely a bit of an exhibition. Waldy, I mean, obviously felt that uh, he was way on top of Jang and had him under control, and he just sort of, you know, playing pretty soft. And But then in the third game, it was interesting. Um, Jang came out and it was four love up, you know, just Waldy made a few soft backhands and things. Uh, so Jang was 4-0 up in the third game, and Waldy thought, okay, I better get a bit serious. He just started stepping around his forehand and hooking forehands, and it was, I think it was, you know, eight... Four nine four or something before we even knew it. So um, yeah, uh, but yeah, great to watch those guys. So at the moment though, Waldy's playing uh, Jean Michel save, um, and he's down one nil and down in the second game. So um, yeah, Jean Michel looks really good. And the other player that really impressed me is Gatien. So Gatien has uh, played uh, Jorgen um, in the semis. And uh, Jorgen ended up winning, but uh, Gatien looked really good, you know, still really strong, still getting around and playing his forehands and pivoting and making um, half volleys down the line. So, yeah, some uh, some good uh, uh, step-down memory lane. Absolutely, yeah, interesting. Um, and I think it's a good thing they've brought the Legends Tour in. I think it's going to create a lot of interest, especially among people our generation, Alloys. Maybe not so much for the younger players who will be like, who is Waldner? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. We're just, uh, we're just uh, living a little in the past, but, you know, sometimes it's okay. Indeed. Indeed. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, let's take a look at yesterday's ping skiller question of the day, Alois, which was, is red really faster? And which colour do you use on your forehand? Well, I like to use red on my forehand, but, you know, the colour really doesn't make any difference at all to the actual performance of the, uh, of the rubber. But, yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, you get used to. I suppose it's because... When I was young, they only had red rubber, and um, and so when they changed to red and black, I always felt like you know the red was better. So I uh, I used to stick the red on my forehand all the time. What about you, Jeff? Um, I don't really have a preference. Sometimes I like red, sometimes I like black, and because I've always used the same rubber on both sides, I don't really even notice that much. And even during a single game, I could use black on my forehand for one point and red on my forehand for the other point. I just yeah, really don't have a preference. Yeah, actually, come to think of it, when I when I played with Chinese rubber, I did de I definitely played with black on the forehand at that time. And I think you know there was a lot of talk and thought about at the time that, um, that the black was a little bit spinnier and grippier. And yeah, that got in my head, and I, I did play with the black on my forehand when I was playing with Chinese rubber. Yeah, I've heard people say in the past that for European rubber, red's faster, and for Chinese rubber, black's faster. Um, but I have never noticed any difference whatsoever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, probably probably you're, you've got it right, I'd say. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, let's talk about the ping skillers question of the day, which is, what playing conditions make a difference for you? Is it the floors, the lights, the table? Um, go to our website, pingskills.com, click on the blog link and leave a comment on this show. We'd love to hear your thoughts. What playing conditions make a difference for you? All right. Um, the first question is from Johan, who says, Are there any potential downsides to a reverse backhand serve? I find it easier to play short with spin than the normal backhand serve. People just stare at you like, what the hell did you just do? 
if you start with a long and fast serve like that. Yeah, so the reverse backhand serve, what Johan's talking about is just is instead of doing that um, on your backhand serve, is doing that. So just turning the bat over and using the, the forehand side. I do actually find it easier as well. I find that I can um, generate more spin because you've modified your grip, so you're actually using your wrist um, a little bit more. So you're using it in the reverse motion to generate the spin. So you're coming this way. So it's zoom. So you're actually using better wrist than I find um, I can't get as much spin with just the backhand serve. So the reverse serve. But you know, it's something I never don't really utilize that much. And it's just uh, Johan's reminded me of it. It's, um, it's a good, it's a good uh, tip. It was interesting after Johan um, uh, asked his question, um, one of the kids at one of the schools that I coach at. Um, came out and was just doing this serve and said, "Oh, I've invented this new serve and um, and uh, look how good it is." And, and, he, and he did it really naturally and really really well. So a uh, bit of a coincidence, but um, yeah, worth definitely worth a try. And uh, Brian Berry, one of the players in Melbourne, does it well. He does whoa that one. So um, yeah, it can be tricky. Yeah, so I guess um, people should just experiment with their serves and find what suits them. And don't you don't have to stick with the standard serves if you feel more comfortable with something else. Yeah, that's right. Just uh, just find something that suits you. And the reverse backhand serve could be good. Excellent. All right. So, yeah, if you like it and it works well for you, Johan, uh, keep going with it. All right. Next question is from Ben. And Ben was at a tournament a few years ago and saw people from New York putting some kind of foam on the rubber blade of the paddle and using a special sponge to help clean or to help the rubber more be more slick. What exactly was it, and is it necessary, Alice? Yeah, so um, so it's a yeah, the thing that you just spray onto the rubber. It's just basically a foamy um, detergent type of thing um, that gets in and cleans your, your rubber. Um, certainly not necessary. Um, I just tend to use water. Uh, water's fine. Just The main thing is just getting the, the dust off the bat. If you are finding that the bat does get a little bit greasy at times, you can just put a really weak solution of any detergent in. Um, just, a, just a drop of detergent in a fair bit of water um, and that'll just help to get a bit of that um, greasiness off the off the rubber as well, but yeah, you certainly don't need um, all those foams and things. Just um, yeah, a bit of water and maybe a bit of detergent sometimes when you need it. Yes. So in that question, yeah, Ben was saying it would help the rubber become more slick, but really it's actually cleaning the rubber so it maintains its grip and doesn't have any dust or anything on there. Yeah, um, that's right. It's the grip. It's the grip that's the key. So uh, yeah, by by getting rid of the dust and um, any um, Build up on the rubber. You you're allowing the rubber to um, to perform its its uh, its function properly and grip the rubber properly. Uh, grip the ball properly. Sorry. Indeed. All right. So thanks for the question, Ben. So yeah, we just recommend just water. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with those foams. So if you want to spend your money and use it, go ahead. But um, we just recommend water. All right. Next question is from Charan Kamal. Who says, how do you hit a topspin on a sharp push and how to make it spinny and slow? 
And I guess this is part of the terminology we were talking about, Alice. I guess, firstly, what is the sharp push, and then how do you counter that? Yeah, so um, a push is where you're coming underneath the ball and putting a bit of backspin. A sharp push um, is, is just um, hitting a faster uh, backspin ball um, that usually ends up quite deep on the other person's table um, and has quite a bit of backspin on it because you're doing that quite fast. So to try and counter that, because it's got so much backspin on the ball, you really need to have a bit more of a vertical stroke to lift that ball. If you try and play flat on the ball, the ball is going to uh, dive straight down uh, into the net or onto the table. So you need to brush the ball, but you need to brush it very fast as well to counter the backspin that's on the ball. So um, having a, a sharp vertical um, but very fine contact is the key. So fine contact meaning that you're just touching the ball not hitting through the ball like that, but just touching the ball, and that will help the ball to spin better as well. Okay, and is it that fine contact that will make the ball go slower if you're aiming for a slow and spinny loop? Yeah, so the, the, the vertical nature of your stroke and the fine contact will, uh, yes, will help that ball to go uh, to lift and be a slower um, uh, motion through the air. So if you're hitting it flat, the ball's going to go fast. If you do that and brushing the ball, the ball's also going to go fast. Whereas if you do a more vertical stroke and a fine contact, then you'll get the higher looping action on the ball. Okay, great. So yeah, so Charan Kamal wanted to play that slow spinning top spin like you described. So is it possible to play the ball a bit faster off this sharp push? Uh, yes, you can, and um, I mean, speaking of, we were just talking about Jean-Philippe Gatien, um, he was the master of that, so he used to get so much racket head speed um, with his bat that he could counter heavy backspin with a really um, horizontal stroke, but the the margin for error becomes really, really small, and your, your bat really has to move so fast to be able to do that. So um, so if you're not practicing regularly or if you're not practicing four or five times a, a week, um, that sort of contact and ability becomes really difficult. So um, the slower spinny topspin is a much safer way of dealing with the sharp push. Excellent advice there, Alois. All right, and thanks for the question, Charan Kamal. All right, um, next question is from Andre, who says... I tried two different short pimples, um, and both of which are said to generate spin. While I'm aware there can never be as much spin as with inverted, with my usual technique, I wasn't able to get any amount of top spin on the ball. What's going on here, Alois? Yeah, so with the short pimples, um, it, it is, it, as you say, it is really difficult to generate um, your own spin. Um, Think about the sponge that's underneath the pimples. So if you've got a thin sponge underneath the pimples, um, again, it becomes more difficult to generate the spin. Um, so if you if the ball's sinking into the into the sponge, then you've got a chance of it gripping and spinning out. If it's a very thin sponge, it's hitting wood, so it's coming out very quickly 
out of the short pupil, so it becomes um, even harder to uh, to generate the spin. So think about the thickness of the sponge, but then also think about um, your contact on the ball. So it's it you can't really brush the ball uh, really finely with the pimples because the ball will drop off, but you can brush the ball a little bit more to generate a bit more spin. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if it's spin you're looking for, then short pimples really isn't um, the answer. But if you are trying to generate some spin with the short pimples, yeah, then think about the thickness of the sponge and also your contact, just brushing it a little bit more um, on the contact. Okay. All right. So, Andre, hopefully that helps you out. Uh, let us know how you get on. All right, we've got a few questions from some live viewers, which is great, that have jumped on and used the Google Q&A app. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad that the viewers are live, Jeff. <laughs> it, it is important, isn't it? <laughs> you don't want zombies, that's for sure. No. <laughs> the first question is from Baswa, who has said, while doing the forehand-to-forehand counter hit with my friends, the ball sometimes becomes too low or goes through the middle of the table. I cannot hit it with the same speed and drop it on the same place. And where do I stand near the table to do it the best? Mm. Yeah. So, so on that forehand to forehand, if the ball's getting faster, <clears throat> it's really important to then start to generate the top spin. If you don't generate top spin, the ball's going to just keep going in that sort of trajectory and sail off the end of the table or go into the net. So Top spin there is a real key, especially as the ball starts to get faster. Um, at, a, at a slow pace, it's okay to hit the ball flat, but um, you need that dip on the ball when the ball starts to get faster. So, so really start to think about generating more brushing contact on the ball to generate that top spin. And you know the the, the classic finish that we talk about with our forehand um, is important there to generate that top spin as well. Um, where do you stand? You can stand just a little bit further away from the table. So if you're too close to the table, it doesn't give you time to make that swing. So just take half a step away from the table, give yourself a little bit more space, and then you'll find that that top spin will be a little bit easier. Okay. All right. Good luck with that, Basswar. Keep on practicing. It's definitely an important uh, stroke to learn. All right. Um, so Brock's asked a couple of questions. Alois, he says, well, firstly, did you watch the um, video I sent you yesterday, which I didn't, sorry, Brock, but we had, he sent a video of Waldner's Amazing Blocks. We have watched lots of Waldner, both Alois and I are big fans of Waldner. And Alois, he says, do you think Waldner can win the Legends Tour? Well, the last score I saw, he was struggling against, um, against uh, a save, so I don't know. I, I thought he could, but... It'll be interesting to go back after this show and uh, have a bit of a squiz, see how we went. Indeed. Um, now, we've got a question from Jaden who says, when I return a slam, and I guess we can talk about terminology again, is it better to slam it back or just do a backhand topspin? Okay, so a slam is a smash, so hitting the ball very flat and fast. So trying to return a slam or a smash... Um, if you're trying to smash it back, I mean, it becomes really, really um, difficult because the ball's coming fast, you're trying to hit it fast back. Yeah, too difficult. Um, the easier way is to just take a step back away from the table and, yes, you can topspin it, 
um, or just try to block it perhaps if you can, or um, you could also just go back away from the table and execute the log um, stroke. So, so that's probably the, the, the better options. Go a little bit further away, give yourself a bit more time to see the smash or the slam and then, uh, then lob it back. So there's, um, we've got some lessons on those on the, on the lob. Um, you can have a look at that. Uh, we'll put a link on there for you. Yes, indeed. And I just recently put up on our Facebook page an old video that we had, which was how to return smashes, Alice. So uh, perfect timing, Jaden. So I'll put a link to that in the show as well. And if you haven't, go to our Facebook page and like us, www.facebook.com slash bingskills. All right. And another question from Jaden, Alice, who says, if I upgrade my bat, what is the best part to upgrade? Yeah, and definitely the rubber. So the rubber is the thing that you need to change. Um, blades don't make that much of a difference. At the moment, um, I got out a, an old um, $2.50 uh, bat um, that had some really um, you know, cheap rubber on it, took the rubber off it, put some good rubber on there, and... I found it's yeah fantastic for just using. So it's mainly about the rubber. So if you're thinking about upgrading, just upgrade the speed of your rubber. You can keep the blade for ages. Excellent. So thanks for the questions, Jaden, and thanks everybody for your questions. Uh, that wraps up episode 89. Make sure you visit pingskills.com. Like us on our Facebook page. Um, like us on our Google Plus page so you can ask questions um, on the show and have a great day. Thank you, Alois. Yeah, you just got to like us everywhere, Jeff. Just like us. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye.